0: Right, now to the panel, proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Looking forward to dis- dissecting all things sport this morning with Stuff Sports writer Rob Van Royen and Canterbury cricketer come voluntary analyst, I guess you could say. Matt Hay on debut. Welcome to the show, mate. Awesome to have you both with us this morning. Rob, we're going to start with you. We were both at the Black Caps presser where Williamson stepped down. Southy took the reins. What do you make of that decision? Uh,
1: I'm definitely in the camp that was uh, a little bit surprised they went with Saudi over Latham, for um, well, a number of reasons, obviously, that it's been Latham that they've turned to as an interim captain when Kane's been out. He's captained six of the last 10 test starters, um, four wins, five losses. Look, I think at the start of the day when we heard uh, that Kane was going to step down as a captain and, t- and some Saudi was going to come in, no one probably would have been surprised if it was in any of the white ball modes, given Saudi's captained white ball cricket and there's been uh, obviously questions regarding Kane's form in 2020s particularly so yeah for it to be in the test it was definitely a little bit of a surprise for sure that was my main takeaway
0: And the other thing as well, how do you feel uh, you've obviously said you're in the Latham camp but uh, Tim rather, like there's a lot of pressure on him now especially with Trent Bolt gone, Um, what do you kind of think he's going to bring to the test arena in terms of his captaincy, he was a bit shy on it I must say earlier in the week about what what he would do (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess he said, well, well, we said we'll wait and see, and I guess that's all probably what anyone can do, right? Uh, and it's, look, it's a tough tough assignment first start Pakistan over there, uh, stinging from a, a pre-shopper series loss to, to England as well. Um, a, a real tough order, so yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. Um, look, I've, when he's kept in the one-day side, I oh, felt he's done rather well. He's, so he's obviously, um, I mean, he, to be fair, even the reasoning, we didn't get a real clear message mm-hmm. really did we yesterday from Gary Stead in terms of, he did mention experience and they needed to refer to the fact he's only the second pace bowler, a bit of a point of difference, um, the second pace bowler to be, to be named captain of the Black Caps in Test Cricket. Um, there was no real clear, strong reasoning why they went with him over Tom Latham uh, other than that experience. And look, he's clearly Hugely respected in the camp, um, and look, he said he, will, he he did say he will lean on um, Kane a fair bit, and, and even Tom, There's plenty of leaders in that team. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's certainly going to be an interesting one.
0: Were you surprised um, when the question was asked if they would ch- change to split coaching as well, and then David White stepped in for Gary Stead to sta- say that's something we're looking into? I thought that was quite a telling uh, question and answer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, what we are seeing, it. again, it's, it's not a it's not a strange or a new thing in international cricket. Um, and I think, I mean, you've seen in the past, we have seen Gary said, take a couple of series off. You know, you know, cricket have got their well-being system in place. Uh, there's been so much touring. The calendar's just chocker. So we've seen in miss series, and we've seen uh, Jurgensen, for example, did step in for a series. Uh, I guess if you go down that road, it does, Sort of take that problem away where you've got guys getting burnt out from being away from the family and on the road all the time splitting it up i think it's a good it's a good thing that and it, and it sounds like it's definitely discussed. And so you know, gary Stead's off contract after the world cup in india uh, in november so look there's a, there's, it certainly looks like there's a chance that um they will go down that road
0: Yeah, new to us, but it does happen elsewhere. um, Matt, obviously, Isha's been recalled to the Test side after a four-year hiatus. You'll know him from Canterbury. How good?
2: Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think, for a start, really awesome to see Isha's worked hard um, at Red Bull Cricket and get another opportunity in that arena, but also for New Zealand to take a leg spinner um, overseas. I think it's a really exciting move, I think, after the Indian Series away last year, where um, we got beaten into the ground a wee bit, and then seeing the success uh, Pakistan's new mystery leg spinner's had, I think it's it's really cool and, and positive step forward for, for us going into this Test series.
0: And obviously we've seen as well, some leaguers have had some success with that Pakistan-England series as well, so good move all round.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, you know, if him and, and AJ's could link up in a, a Test match, I think that would be be really positive step forward for New Zealand and, and maybe just a bit of a point of difference, because it's going to be a very tough. Um, Till to we're just looking at the way England have gone about it. I'm not sure we could probably mm. at this stage match that. Um, or we're going to match that sort of intensity with the bat. But if we can um, do something different with the ball, I think that could really help.
0: Yeah, Rob, what are you expecting from this uh, test series in Pakistan? And what do you make of, I guess, the side as well? Obviously, Isha's the big name or, you know, the big one on the uh, spreadsheet coming back in after four years. But there's also Phillips um, and also Tickner's been called in. I mean, what do you make of the squad? And I guess what they're getting themselves into.
1: Yeah, no huge surprises. I, I am definitely, I'm, I'm quite good, pleased to see Sody make it. Like I always like a leg mm-hmm. spinner, if you can get a leg spinner in there, especially to that, in that part of the world. I mean, just watching that English series, I mean, watching Jack Leach with his left arm tweakers generating some serious turn. I mean, look, each Sody's going get, to get plenty of turn if Jack Leach is getting a, a heap. So, uh, look, I really like the sodi I mean, I the think they've played, what, 30 tests um, in the four years since sodi. Last played test cricket for New Zealand. Um, rather staggering. Like he's only got 41 test wickets to his name. Hasn't played a lot. Um, I like it. And, and t- no other real surprises there. Um, I guess it will be interesting how, exactly how, what order they go with in, in the middle there. And, and you know, you, you did mention you know, we've got no Trent Bolt uh, there. So that puts a bit of pressure on um, saudi But, I mean, it's, you've still got Matt, Matt Henry comes straight in. you got Neil Wagner still there. Plenty uh, that, that pace of you've got plenty in, in there. As I say, I think the middle order, how they how they go about that's going to be interesting. And, and then just the, the captaincy and Kane, it's going to be an adjustment for him. But we haven't seen the best from him in recent in recent times. So, uh, will we were as he was asked yesterday, could this be liberating dropping the captaincy? Could it be liberating for his for his batting? It'll be interesting to see if, if it is. I mean, it's worked quite well for Steve Smith.
0: That was a good question from you, Rob. I'll give you that. Bloody good question. Everyone turned around like, nice, Rob. (laughs) Um, Matt, the other big thing we talked about this morning is rugby league and the Warriors back in Christchurch next year, albeit for pre season. Your thoughts on this, please, because I know you're a big fan of the Warriors.
2: Well, firstly, I think it's going to be great for the Warriors club to get around New Zealand, um, not only in the pre season, but they're taking games to Wellington Nature as well. And I think probably for the players that haven't spent a lot of time in New Zealand, just seeing how. how well-loved, how well-supported, how far-reaching the Warriors club is. And I think that can only be good for the players and, and all the staff to just see what it actually means to, to be part of this club and how much support, um, loyal support is there through the second thing. So I think that, for a start, going to be really, really good. And then secondly, I just think that for the sport and Christchurch, it's just a massive positive move, especially bringing the Storm here. Um, I'm not sure you know, all the big, big names will be playing for the Storm, but it'll be a quality side and just seeing if you're a young um, rugby league player or not sure about if you wanted to play union or league and you can actually have a look at something to aspire to in your city, I think that's only only going to be positive for Canterbury Rugby League and I'm sure it's going to be a good crowd um, turnout for that one. Like in pre-COVID times when, when teams would bring games here, they were sold out pretty quickly.
0: You mentioned that word loyalty, but I tell you, she's a tough old job sometimes being a loyal fan of the Warriors. What do you think is going to be the key to getting some consistency, I guess, moving forward?
2: Um, that's a really tough question. Um, I think the main thing for the Warriors is that we can just have consistency and um, staff, coaching, all of that sort of thing. And I think only mm. being back in New Zealand is going to help that. I've um, listened to a few um, interviews with Andrew, uh, who's the new coach, and he's been really positive about his vision and you can tell there's um, a long-term view there, which is good, and I don't think he's trying to necessarily turn the Warriors into a, a title contender in 2023. But I think there's a plan there so five, six, seven years' time that we can get a squad um, together. Or he can get a squad together. And junior pathways all leading to the same thing. And obviously, just being at Penrith, he's sort of seen how it can all come into fruition pretty quickly if you get um, juniors coming through. But I think next year for the Warriors is... I, I had a bit of a play around just trying to name what, what I thought the 17 would be saying there's not a whole lot of depth there um, mm. if there are injuries. So I think in terms of consistency, that's going to be hard again with um, sort of what we've seen in the previous years. You lose a couple of key players, especially up front. Um, and I think it could be quite tough if, if, if we don't um, spend the rest of the money in our cap over the next sort of six or eight weeks.
0: Mm. Um, Rob, Matt sort of touched on it then but I guess after two years of being stuck basically overseas no fans around them etc etc, how important is it that they are back out in the regions even if it is just for pre-season even if it is just for a training bout Like, how important is that for the game and for the Warriors I guess
1: Yeah, it it definitely is and I mean I think just in terms of being back in New Zealand and and home not based in Australia, I mean if you just Reference the Breakers. I mean, you can see the turnaround they've had, and it's not, I mean, sure, they've made some changes to the squad. and um, But, you know, it, it, it's no coincidence that they're back home now and things are are on the up. They're playing a lot better. And, look, I think that'll, you know, it's going to rub off a little bit on the Warriors. I, I mean, I'm not saying that Steph, I'm not going to say it's their year or anything like that, but um, <laughs> the fact that they're going to be back, yeah. <laughs> the fact that they're back in New Zealand, they're going to take a few games away. It's the Knights and they play the Knights in Wellington and, and Brisbane and, and Napier, don't they? And then there's the pre-season game here. So, taking some games to the region. I think it's quite a good gesture to precious home games, take them away from uh, their fortress there in Auckland, the HQ. So, I know, a very good gesture and to mark their return after a few years in, in Australia.
0: Uh, speaking of rugby league too, I thought I'd quickly ask you this, Rob. Uh, Matatu have announced that they will have their home games at Nāpūnawai rather than Orange Theory citing atmosphere, being able to sell it out. It's drastically limited numbers. Do you think that's the right move, Um, given we've just had a Women's Rugby World Cup where interest is peaking and now they've been put into this tiny wee venue? Good question.
1: Uh, To be fair, when they first... um, when uh, Super Rugby or Picky was first announced they hit it last season uh, the talk was that all the home games were actually going to be played in smaller venues like, uh, and even like regional initially the talk was these games were going to be played in places like Timaru and Omaru so um, and then it became all of a sudden even before the World Cup and the success year, they started talking about actually Orange Theory Stadium um, the fact is, Orange Theory Stadium it's really even for Canterbury and the NPC, it's it's a really expensive venue to to, to play in, um, so I suspect money is a, is a big part of it. I was a little bit surprised with the Puna Waif, because there was to, you know, double headers with Super Rugby to um, with men Super Rugby to sort of um, share those mm. costs. But um, in terms of you, you mentioned the crowds, it's, that, that's a real big one. I'm fascinated to see what kind of crowds turn up to these games on the back of the World Cup. Uh, I mean, I look ahead, and that's including when the Black Ferns play in New Zealand. That's going to be really interesting. I mean, ahead of that World Cup, the, the Black Ferns played Australia in Christchurch, and I think 3,800 turned up. Um, look, I'm sure there'd be a lot more than that if the Black Ferns played Australia in Christchurch in winter. But yeah, yeah, I'm really, as I say, it's, it's one I'll be keeping a close eye. I'm sure a lot of people will in terms of crowds.
0: Mm. Uh, now Matt, what have you made of the FIFA World Cup so far and who's your money on come Monday morning?
2: Well I think once the first ball was kicked I think the World Cup changed drastically, it sort of went from the off-field shambles which it, which it is to um, some really quality football um, it's been really good to watch, it's been some early mornings but there's been some fantastic football played and I think just the globalness of it, the amount of contenders there are has made it compelling viewing with Belgium and Germany not making out of their pools that sort of thing so I really really enjoyed it um, I think you sort of have to look past the wee bit um, from a fan perspective you have to look a wee bit past the, the Qatar mess and, and just mm. purely about the football and it's been really really good probably I think Messi's going to be hard to stop on on Monday morning I just I can see the fairy tale um, unravelling I thought Morocco really probably pushed France more than the score it suggested yesterday and I think um Argentina will take something from that. And yeah, I think they'll do it.
0: What about you, Robert?
2: Uh, I'm leaning
1: on France uh, to take it out, and that's not because, look, as I said to you the other week, I'm, I'm Dutch, clearly a, a Dutch Grinch. fan. And I'm I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm, not bitter, am I, after that, that quarterfinal <laughs> loss <on> shoot, <laughs> in the penalty shootout. Um, look, I mean, to the fact that... Look, I think if France had um, Pogba, Benzema and, and Kante, I mean, three players don't even have it um, in Qatar, I think, this, you know, they this wouldn't actually really, I think this be, it wouldn't really be much of a question. I think it would be France, had a doubt. I think it's going to be, the messy fact is huge, isn't it? I mean, every match mm-hmm. seems to be producing one or two pieces of absolute genius or or magic. I mean, the fairy tale ending, it's going to be his last World Cup match. It's it's well and truly on the cards, but um, look, I, I still think France might just ruin that ruin that day for him.
0: You're such a grinch. Um, Right, just (laughs) lastly, because it's Christmas, Rob, what's your wish for 2023?
1: Sporting wish or...
0: It can be any kind of wish. Any (laughs) wish.
1: Yep. Jeez, talk about putting me on on, the spot. I don't really... (laughs) Think about (laughs) it.
0: What would you you like in 2023? Make it sporting then.
1: If I'm going to make it sporting, I'm going to say... It's good look because I just don't really get carried away with any New Zealand sporting teams. Or anything. I just I just like it to be that the All Blacks, just uh, New Zealand rugby, just go early, early on the coaching, just make just just go early on the coaching decision. Don't drag it out. And also the other wish would be related to our job for all teams just to ease, give us better access to players, more one-on-one interviews. That's what I'm going to go with Very at some point.
0: Amen. Amen. And what about you, Matt? What's your wish for 2023?
2: Oh, my first wish would be the Warriors make the top eight. I think that would be, if you look at what the Breakers have done, and I think that would be such an exciting ride if the Warriors can get something together and really jealous. And secondly, I think the Black Caps have a better chance than they're given at the ODI World Cup in India next year. I think that I love would be that. really uh, Third time lucky in a final. That's my, my call.
0: Yep, I'm backing those wishes, boys. Thank you so much for your time this morning. morning. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for your time this morning, Rob and Matt. That was the panel proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. And that's it for the Enterprise Canterbury Sports Corner this week. I've been your host, Jordan Oppitt, filling in for Frankie. And that's been our last show of the year. Thanks to those of you who joined us and all of those who tune in each Saturday. Have a safe and happy Christmas and New Year.